Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 102, where we're discussing what Kate does from season six of Lost. Excuse me. Yes. Are you a doctor? Yes, I'm Dr. Goodspeed. Can I please get your help in here? Miss Littleton? Claire, how are you feeling? Uncomfortable. What's happening? What's happening is that Mother Nature has gotten a little ahead of herself. Are you ready to have your baby? I'm sorry, what? You're at 36 weeks, three centimeters dilated, and about 80% effaced, which means if you want, you can have your baby tonight. If I want? So what, you mean you can stop it then? Maybe. However, to do that would require a number of drugs. Drugs? Will that hurt the baby? No, they're perfectly safe. I just don't want to have to stick you with needles if I don't have to. So it's up to you. I'm, I'm not ready. Okay. Let's get her started on the nifedipine drip. What is it? Margaret, let's do an ultrasound. I want to get a picture of what's going on in there. It could just mean the baby's out of position. What are you, what are you saying? What's happening to my baby? Is my baby okay? Is Aaron okay? See? <laughs> there he is. Everything is just fine. The boy just likes to move around. <laughs> 140 BPM. Perfectly normal. I have a feeling that Aaron is going to be a handful. Now let's see if we can slow this down. You did great, Mommy. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we are discussing episode three. I guess it's actually technically episode two of season six of Lost, What Kate Does. It's hour three of the series. Um, Before we jump into a full-blown discussion of the episode, I want to know if you're feeling any different about the general direction of this season after this episode than you were the last episode um i'm trying to think um well my, my, i'm still i'm still confused uh, a ton uh which i think is to be expected but uh right um but i i'm i'm starting to have more hope i think i believe so yeah yeah, yeah i would agree as well i think the the last episode i felt like we were having a bunch of new questions posed rather than new an- than answers given. And I think right. after this episode, I think that they used that first episode, that last episode, to kind of set up to give some answers in this episode. Right. Um, and I think a lot of what I hoped in the last episode is coming to pass, that we are basically getting payback, um, payoff rather, for questions that were posed back in season one. Yeah, and I had a thought occurred to me when I was watching tonight's episode that I think what's happened that's been kind of unfortunate is that 
And season one, they posed a lot of questions and gave a lot of hints that were directly related to events that would come at the end of the series when everything was done. So basically, it's like we've talked about before, how when they started the show, they the, the idea was brand new. Uh, they knew what the ending was, and it's kind of like they jumped the gun on giving some really big hints. Yeah. And then so what they had to do was in the, you know episode or seasons two through five, they kind of had to hold back a little bit because they they knew they had a lot of time to fill before they could really start to answer the major questions. Right. And so yeah. it feels like what's happening is they diverted from that some of the season one clues so much that. Um, it no longer felt like those clues were really relevant anymore. The whispers, yeah. the, the the clues they gave us about the others, it felt like those weren't really relevant anymore because they, they got away from that for so long. But now I'm starting to feel like we're starting to get those answers. And that season one was way more important in the, the, the overall uh, scheme, the big picture of the story um, than any of the other seasons. I, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely agree. So I guess all of that just to say that I have a lot more hope that this season is really going to give all of the important answers and is really going to be satisfying, I hope. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that uh, I definitely am more hopeful now. And and, and like you said, it'd be kind of cool to, to watch season one uh, with with this season just to kind of because I, I almost forget like the excitement and the questions and all that stuff from season one um, that are, but I, I, I guess, like you said, I think it's going to be a direct uh, answer to season one is what we're going to deal with. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it is really exciting uh, to, to feel the show. It is overwhelmingly similar to season one in terms of the feeling and the emotion, Yeah, even down to the soundtrack. And the score of the episodes is so similar, but it's so emotional. Uh, some of the best performances that some of these cast members have ever given so far yeah. have, been in, have been in this season so far. Um, Definitely. Josh Holloway has blown my socks off. Um, I t I'll tell you, I never really thought too much about how how well he was acting in before. Uh, he was always right. good, but it never really stood out very strongly to me. And in these last two episodes, um, like it's been overwhelmingly obvious how good of an actor he really is. Oh yeah, and it's been really, really awesome to watch. Definitely, I agree. He's been, he's been kind of, he's been uh, he's been uh, the standout to me this season. You know, obviously, but yeah, right, right. So one thing first before we get into discussion here, I noticed and I watched the last ten minutes of the kind of the pop up video uh, rerun of last last week's episode. And um, they had a few little messages that popped up that were interesting. The one I really picked up on was that um, it talked about how Jack in his, you know, I'm calling it a parallel reality, um, isn't able to find the coffin, you know, basically isn't able to find his dad. Right. Just like on the island when the plane crashed, he found the coffin, but he couldn't find the body. Right. And now Locke, you know, makes the comment about how he can't find the coffin that's and the body's the only thing that's lost because they obviously don't know where his dad really is. So it's another kind of substitutionary event uh, that's very similar to the events on the island. Yeah, definitely. I I, I got that uh, when I was watching it, um, but 
it's it's interesting. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with it, but yeah. it's definitely definitely interesting to see. And um, I, I'm 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 excited to see more of of what Jack's character's like off this, you know, off this uh, or in the parallel reality. Yeah, me too, me too. And like, I'll give you a couple of shout-outs here. Just this last week, since the last episode, I've listened to a couple of very enlightening shows. Uh, the first was, of course, the official Lost podcast, where they gave a little bit better explanation of all of this parallel reality stuff. Uh, they did officially say that they're referring to it as a flash sideways. So this isn't an alternate reality. This isn't... Neither reality is any more or less important than the other. They okay. made it very clear that they are both very important, um, and uh, we should not consider one to be uh, the correct or the right or the real reality, that they're both two different realities that are equally important, uh, which is very pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah. The other thing that I listened to was actually a video podcast from Jay and Jack, which most people are probably familiar with, who actually did a video interview with Jorge Garcia. Um who plays Hurley. And there was a couple of almost spoilerish things that came out of the interview. Um, but one of the hints that was kind of dropped, and I think we had kind of talked about this uh, slightly, but I'll let people know in advance. This does cover something that may come up in the storyline later. So I, I do need to kind of call it a spoilerish type thing. So if you want, you can, you can fast forward for a couple of seconds here and we'll be done. Um, but basically was saying that these two timelines, these two realities are going to converge in some way. That it's, it's go, they're going down two different paths and they're meant to come together. Um, and her, or Jorge kind of said it like it was very obvious. Uh, like he pretty much assumed everybody was on the same page. Um, but I'm not so sure everybody is. I think we kind of talked about it and expected that's the way things were going to go. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty awesome to find out for sure that's where yeah. things are going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we spoke about it last week, and, and we I, we speculated and said that they at some point, I, I, they, they, to me, they had to merge, and because obviously, you can't end a show with with two sides, you know, two lives, uh, yeah, you know. Right. And so we we realized that 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 was uh, well, I thought I thought it was pretty obvious myself, but um, how they're going to do it is still yet a huge mystery, but yeah. as we said, maybe they die off on one and you know, the other one becomes it or, or if they literally just somehow with, like you said, you didn't want to see duplicates of each other. Right. Right. But, and I don't, I don't want to talk about it too in depth because it is kind of as early, a little bit early. We don't know that for sure yet, but, um, I think it's the one thing that came out to me tonight is that we got to remember we're in two different time periods. Uh, the, the, the Kate and Claire stuff we saw off the island is in 2004. Everything we're seeing on the island is still in 2007. So right. it's like we could, we could be seeing the future versions of these people who are off the island, um, even though what we've seen off the island is totally different than what happened previously in the show. But right. That's, that's how I'm reconciling things for now. So. <laughs> right on. So the next note uh, that I made was that um, Sawyer makes an interesting comment about Saeed. He's very not surprised that Saeed is alive. And he's kind of like, well, of course he's okay because he's an Iraqi torturer that tortured kids. You know, he's fine. He deserves another go around in this island. Uh, basically, like, because Saeed was, had all these issues, there's no way he could die because he has to have another go around on the island. Right. 
I mean, did that, that seem significant to you? You know, uh, uh, when he said it, it did. I didn't. It didn't like stand out completely to me. But recapping it and thinking about it, it makes sense to the island. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he can't die yet. You right. know, it's like yeah. he hasn't he hasn't had a chance to rid his evil and this that and the other. And and to Juliet, she was good. You know, I right. mean, she was ready to go from the island. From everything that we've seen, and we've talked about that so many times over the last years, is like yeah. it looks like somebody gets their stuff worked out and they're gone. Yeah, right. You know, but. Uh, so Saeed, I mean, to me, it seems like he does still have things he has to he has to go through. And you know, but at the same time, as what Saeed are we are we getting back? Right. Yeah, and I just thought it was it was interesting that Sawyer was being completely clear, and obviously Sawyer's the voice of the writers. Who yeah. it's almost like a big hint. Yes, these people are still on this island because they still have issues to work exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that stood out definitely to me. Oh yeah. Well, if you look at the people that are around there, that's, I mean, that's your trouble group for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, off the Island, um, we pick up back up where we left off. Kate is, you know, just escaped from the marshal. She gets into the taxi. Claire is there. Uh, they're pulling off trying to make their getaway. One thing I made note of was that she looked out the window of the car, saw Jack and totally had an expression like, something weird was going on. Oh yeah. Like either she had a memory. I know she saw him on the plane, but it wasn't like there was some monumental event that occurred that would make her remember him. It's almost like she looked at him and had a really visceral reaction to seeing him. Yeah. And then kind of was confused by it and then went on with what she was doing. I'm going back to the whole comment I made about the Desmond thing on the plane. Mm -hmm. There was, to me, there was more of a look of like, I know you, there's something there, you know, and, and, and definitely some type of deja vu type feeling or something was going on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Deja vu. That's, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. But I definitely made note of that. Uh, So she gets in the taxi, she's in the taxi. She takes over control of the taxi after the taxi driver runs off. Um, She ends up letting Claire out of the car as well and uh, basically takes off of the taxi. But what I thought was so awesome about the part when she ran into the the mechanic who helped her get her handcuffs off uh-huh. was it reminded me so much of the early episodes whenever she was with the farmer in Australia. Yeah. Whenever he, he had kind of an inkling, he knew that she, there was something going on with her, that she was into trouble, but decided to help her anyway. I mean, he eventually turned her in for the reward money, but it was a very similar set of circumstances. Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm still assuming that that that, that experience happened. Yeah, with the farmer, yeah, me too. you know, right? But uh, yeah, it seems like Kate's finding you know running into these people that almost see Kate for who she really is, not what she's being being called. Yeah, and it's kind of making Kate see the good in people, you know, it's, it's, it's just it kind of a, I don't know. It just kind of stops her in her tracks every time, you know? Right. And so. it, tonight I got kind of angry tonight thinking about the fact that they released those videos at Comic-Con this year um, or this summer talking about how, what Kate really did and how she had tried to kill her, her father, um, but ended up blowing up his shop or something. I forget now the details that they put in the video, yeah. but basically they, they spoiled it before we even saw an episode. And yeah, I mean, now I know what's going to happen. I know what we're going to find out about Kate 
and it takes that mystery away because otherwise right now I'd be wondering why she's telling Claire that she's innocent. Yeah, exactly. Why she would be saying, um, you know, would you believe me if I told you I was innocent? Yep. It's kind of spoiled. Now maybe it'll take a totally different twist, but it was kind of irritating. I thought tonight. Yeah. As, 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 as neat as it was when you found it out and yeah. were wondering how it would play <laughs> in. Now you're kind of like, really? Yeah. yeah. Because I, I, you think of that and you know, you obviously see, uh, Hurley is what he, he was in that game, uh, the commercial from Comic-Con as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't like they didn't put any spoiler warnings before they showed those videos, obviously. So it's kind of like we didn't have any choice. And now it's, it feels like they gave away a pretty good sized piece of the puzzle uh, before right. we got to see any episodes, but it's no yeah. big deal. Just being, it'd be nice to have a little bit more mystery, you know, yeah. while we're watching these episodes, I think. So let's see here. Uh, Saeed, of course, we find out that his wound is almost completely healed after being in the water, which I didn't think was a huge mystery. I mean, the guy's alive right. crying out loud. I mean, the fact that his wound has also healed uh, was kind of a, I mean, it was not necessary really to show that. The fact that he was dead and now he's alive kind of supersedes that, that event. Yeah, I honestly was surprised to see any wound at all. Yeah, right. You would think it would be, there'd be no need to even show it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then they take uh, Saeed to perform these, we find out it's like a test on him. Uh, they they take, first they put some smoky dust all over his, his chest. Yeah. And uh, they put these electrodes on him. They shock him first. Then after they're done shocking him, or I guess I should say Dogen's done shocking him, he grabs this hot poker and touches Saeed's stomach with it. Um, and then he says, you know, it was a test. He tells Saeed that, or the translator tells Saeed that he passed the test, but of course he says, well, I guess I just lied to him. So I want to know your thoughts on this test, what it possibly means, um, how that test told them anything about who Saeed is. Well, I mean, it was it was obvious to me when they got the smoky dust out, as you say. Uh, <laughs> it's it was obvious that they were, if it were smoky, he would not be able to, or it would affect him in some sense. You know, he can't he can't be where that that dust is. So right, right. he would have had to leave the body. The body probably would have been dead, uh, and so forth. You know, at that at point. So I knew they were checking probably for that. Uh, but then mm-hmm. when they started doing the like the things where they were electrocuting him and burning him and things like that, it, it seemed to me as they were checking to see if he was human, you know, like he was still able to feel those things or mm-hmm. or what was going on. Um, and it was an interesting comment that Hurley made when he was sitting there. He says, he goes, dude, are you a zombie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, yeah. and I, it was a funny moment. But in but now looking at it, I'm going maybe he is really? in a sense yeah because he if he's infected with that sickness he's really not him he'll be overtaken by whatever that is like we saw in previous episodes where the people come out and they're not they look like themselves and they try right. to talk like themselves but yet they don't have nothing of them are left as right. they put it in this show so it kind of is almost a zombie like you know so yeah it's kind of like what we're seeing in Saeed now is like the early onset stages of the sickness that Danielle's team got that we heard about again back in season one. Um, it's like this, this sickness has these ways they can test for it. Um, somehow by putting the ash on the body, by 
by electrocuting him, by burning him with this hot poker, uh, they can determine whether or not that sickness is there. Now, what's really confusing to me, though, is how by responding to the electrocution and the burn the way he did, how did he fail that test? It seems like it'd be pretty obvious if it didn't hurt him or if it didn't leave any burn marks, whatever, that that would mean he was under some kind of control of this sickness. True, yeah. But the no, fact I that don't... he did respond is what's confusing to me. I don't understand the correlation between the test and the fact that he failed it. Yeah, that that ma that makes no sense at all to me either because obviously um, he's going to fill those things and all that. I just wonder if they don't have uh, more of a a knowledge of of what really is going on, you know, rather mm -hmm. how is, I don't know, like, like if he, they may be, believe and know that he is, uh, faking. I don't know, you know, something to, I don't know. I just, it, it, I was confused myself. I was like, if that's the case, then I, then I fail as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got the sickness. Yeah. Because it definitely exactly. hurts when you burn me with a hot poker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm definitely infected with the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> you put electrodes on my chest and it's going to hurt. You know, exactly. Me, I don't care if you sick. put ashes on there first or not. Yeah. It's going to hurt. It's, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, find out more about that. And I tried to think back as well, if we'd had any other clues or hints that had anything to do with people being electrocuted or people being burned, that would, would mean anything. But I don't think we have. I think this is kind of a new piece of Danielle, mythology that we've never had before. Danielle electrocuted Saeed. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, to begin with. Nice. Um, yeah. Great point. Which obviously now he's got it twice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but the first time she somehow realized that he wasn't infected. Mm -hmm. um, but they're realizing somehow that he is. Right. Man, that's so interesting. It does. The more we discuss it, the more it's so obvious that season one was really important. Oh, yeah. And the sickness, which they ignored for several seasons, seems very important again. I agree. Uh, the fact that... Now, what's still confusing, though, is why it's so dangerous. I mean, it seems like it's coming to the point where we're going to find out that somehow the smoke monster is related to the sickness, or these people are kind of under his control, or something like that. But yeah, so far we haven't really seen anything to tell us why this sickness is so bad. I mean, yeah, Danielle's team kind of went cuckoo and pulled a gun on her and stuff like that. But we haven't really seen much in terms of what the sickness actually does to people. Exactly. No, I, I'm, I'm at some, I mean, at some point thinking uh, that I, this whole thing may be spun on its head and, you know, smoky and the sickness and Jacob or whatever you want to call him, not Jacob, um, uh, he's uh, the man in black, or yeah, man in black, yeah, yeah, like might be the people that we should have been cheering for the whole time, yeah, you know, like they were the ones trying to release these people off this island and get them back to their normal lives, where the other people were the ones that were trying to hold people captive, and yeah, and this, you know, and, and like. I could see it flipping that way and, and, and blowing me away. And that's why Locke was saying, you know, you know, oh, yeah. saying, I'm disappointed. And, you know, right. 
So I don't know. I just thinking that this whole sickness thing it was such a huge thing. But I'm trying. I'm like you. I want to know what the heck happens to someone that's under yeah. the sickness. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's a good point. It may be that like Jacob and all of these others are really just these fanatical people with this really crazy out there set of ideas and beliefs that they're trying to put upon everybody else. And right. in actuality, there's there's nothing to fear there. There's nothing there's nothing to that. And that, you know, Smokey and, you know, the man in black, whatever, all of his people are like the the people that are trying to go against that system and free yeah. free people from that mentality and give them to their real lives or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, would def- I definitely wouldn't put it past him to go that direction. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I had that feeling earlier to, uh, when I was watching it. I was like, I don't know. I just feel like they've set it up so much the other way. It almost yeah. seems like it would be the natural turn to make. Yeah, to just go the total opposite direction. Exactly, right. especially for lost people, you know? Yeah, no doubt. So uh, Sawyer takes off on his own. A cru- originally, I thought it was like Sawyer was turning back into selfish Sawyer. But, right, but then as I thought about it more, it's clearly just Sawyer is really mourning for Juliet. Yeah, um, and he's really being torn up by it. Truly showing that I mean he had some really strong feelings for her. She wasn't just a replacement for Kate after right. Kate left. That this was something real uh, to him. And I liked uh, throughout this episode how it became clear that Sawyer wasn't just going to go running back to Kate because she was there and Juliet wasn't. That yeah. this was much deeper than that. And it's almost like Kate expected him to do that. Like she expected yeah. him to come running back and he wouldn't. Yeah, that was that was exactly what I was thinking. I was, I was sitting there looking. I was like, this is just like season one, Kate, because you have her – in that in that season, she was kind of going back and forth between Jack and Sawyer, and she expected to have her way and be the person that they were torn about, and and that she could just walk back into their life. And I, I started seeing that Kate again because she just immediately left Jack, and went after Sawyer, and almost and even did the whole goodbye Jack, you yeah, know, line, right. which was very season one. Kate, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> and it aggravated me. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like. I kept seeing these scenes where they set it up to th- make you think Sawyer's going to come walking up to her and just start kissing her or, yeah, Kate, right. you know, and instead he walks past her, you uh-huh. know? Yep. And, and I like that. Cause I thought, man, if they, if they start, you know, hooking up again, I'm going to be tore up mad because obviously yeah. Sawyer really has feelings for, for Juliet. And, and that, that to me is, is a cool, cool thing. And, and he's starting to deal with, I would not be surprised if Sawyer is like nixed and out of there quick because he has overcome a huge, huge issue in his life. You know, right. he has opened himself up to someone and got close to them and loved them, you know, and completely changed. Yeah, I agree completely. And it has always been the case that Kate has this attitude like she knows the guys are fighting over and she's going to use that to her advantage as much as she possibly can. Yeah. Um, and in this case, it, it was almost like she had the attitude that, yeah, Juliet just died in your arms, but I'm here now, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I'll, I'll it's time for you to get over. Better. Yeah, I, yeah. I can do better for you than Juliet ever did. Kind of exactly. Thing. And, it, <laughs> and it just turns you off to the person big time. Oh, I know. I, mean, I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I never, I mean, I was always a pretty big Kate fan, but yeah. like she, the fact that she left Jack aggravated me because, you know, they kind of mm-hmm. had an exchange that was very much like, you know, I thought I thought they would might 
would kiss at the end there, and there would be like kind of a rekindling of a of a, of a passion for one another. Yeah. Cause you kind of seen some chemistry, but she just turns and leaves and b- abandons. I'm going, that's that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, I took it the other way. I thought the chemistry was really great between she and Jack. Oh no, no, the chemistry was great. Oh, but okay. then, when, okay. when then it was just kind of left short. She just he kind of le- looks like it almost was going to lean in, and yeah. she bails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. But uh, then, of course, um, you know, that's when when Kate and Jen leave to go find Sawyer and they've got uh, two of the temple guys with them. And um, at one point, Kate kind of separates to go off and find Sawyer and Jen runs off to go try find son. And um, which I thought was a good reminder. I think it wasn't really clear in the first episode that these people in the temple are at the same time period as everybody else who landed on the Ajira flight. So they're yeah. basically on this island in the same time. Um, so she's out there, and he can go find her as soon as he gets a chance. Yeah, I, I like the reminder of that, too, because I was I was still a bit confused, and I wonder like how Jen knows that, how he knows that they're on the same time period. Well, that's why he asked them. He asked the two Ajira, or the Ajira, the two Temple Guard guys, um, if they knew anything about the other plane. And then one of the guys was like, oh, he's talking about the something or other, the plane that landed here, you know, a couple of days ago, whatever. Something oh, to that yeah. effect. Yeah, that's right. So then he found out for sure that yeah. she was there around on the island somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that's good to know because I was kind of wondering myself. I figured they were. But at the same time, as I was just like, that's a pretty huge assumption by myself. I mean, I, there was really nothing given to, to make me believe that. Right, right. But it was great to see Jen with that focus again. Yeah. He's back focused on finding Sun. And that's so much more interesting than this group of people hanging around this temple. I agree. Uh, hiding from Smokey. You know, that's yeah. not very interesting in my opinion. No. So let's see here. Um, so one thing I thought was good is they finally got some some FaceTime with Saeed to where he's actually talking and interacting with people. And to yeah. me right now, he appears to be the real Saeed. Yeah, um, I agree. Not someone, possess, not someone possessing Saeed. Um, like with Locke, it was really clear he was no longer the old Locke anymore. He was something else. Um, yeah. At least there were pretty good hints. Right now, this seems to be Saeed. He's a little messed up, a little weird. Uh, but it appears to be him for now. Is that just because the the uh, the sickness is really early in stages, or because this is a different circumstance than what Locke was in with uh, Smokey? I think it's uh, to me. I believe both. I believe it's definitely a different s- circumstance. I think, uh, but I also believe that the sickness is just in early stages. I don't believe Locke fell under the sickness. Right. Okay. You know, um, I think what they said, I think Claire did, um, but I don't think Locke did. I think Locke was, was obtained, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. But, um, and then looking at, looking at Saeed, I was wondering if maybe it wasn't the Smokies or whatever that side is, uh, as plan to infiltrate the inside with, with uh, Saeed and Jacob's form was taken by that side after he was dead. 
it seems like they have control over the dead, whereas Jacob didn't. So I'm even wondering if they, now oh, maybe, you yeah. know, like he didn't, he didn't, uh, whatever, the man in black didn't uh, pose as Jacob to say, hey, take him to the temple to put him in there so that he could infiltrate, you know, them from the inside out. Oh, that could be. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It makes me think of the, I think it was season five, whenever they had all of the the others camp stuff where they talked about the truce with yeah. the, the indigenous people about the dead bodies. Um, you may yep. be able to refresh my memory. Was the, the conditions were that if they killed one of the others uh, or one of the indigenous people, sorry, if they killed one of the indigenous people, they had to give the body back to the indigenous people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah, it's like they've, they feel like they need to protect um, the body from Jacob or not Jacob, right from uh, the man from in black the man in black. Right. Uh, so they've got to do something to make sure that it's not taken over by the man in black, or it could also just be that they take him, put him in that, that uh, spring and bring him That's, back to life. Exactly. They, do, they won't, don't want to waste a good man. So they make sure they get the body back and they can dump right. it, you know, for 108 seconds and bring it back to life. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that, whatever that, whatever that, it, that water is some type of rejuvenation thing. So, I mean, yeah. I think that definitely is a direct uh, link to, to why they wanted the bodies back for sure. Right. Yeah. Great point. And I do want to come back here in a moment to this discussion about what happened to Locke and his kind of possession by the smoke monster versus the sickness. But we'll come back to that in a moment. Okay. Um, so Kate and Claire together in the flash sideways um, was Probably my favorite sp stuff in this episode. Um, I think seeing Kate and Claire, obviously not seeing Claire in so long, it was great to finally see some more stuff going on with her. Yeah. Um, but seeing Kate being directly involved in everything related to her having this baby was so much like her being on the island and helping Claire deliver the baby originally. Exactly. Um, it was like another substitutionary event. That was so similar, um, you know, her taking Claire to the house of the couple who was supposed to adopt the baby, finding out that they weren't going to be there to take the baby or they weren't going to be able to do it because they had gotten separated. Kate, Kate taking Claire to the hospital because um, she went into labor and finding out that the doctor that was there was Ethan. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I want to know your thoughts on that. He was going by the name Dr. Goodspeed, which I could not remember his name. Oh, Ethan Rom. That's right. Never mind. Yeah. So, yeah, his name was Ethan Rom on the island, but now it's Dr. Goodspeed. Yeah. Um, man, that, that that freaked me out because I just I don't know what to think because I've seen we've seen Ethan, you know, on the island and we see we heard talk about, you know, him being a doctor and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it just almost seems like once again, this Ethan guy, what, I mean, it was a doctor on the outside and, you know, and I right. mean, I don't know if, had he never fallen into the Dharma, you know, the, the group had this, this would have been his life, you know? Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have any explanation, but it definitely was kind of eerie to see him. Yeah, and what was even more eerie to me was the interaction with Claire. Yeah, um, exactly. And the the exchange, even some of the lines and the wordings and the situation yep. was identical to maternity leave whenever he had her down there in the, the medical hatch and 
was asking her all these questions and stuff and talking about needing to give her medicine for the baby and her asking, you know, is it safe for the baby? All this stuff. It's, it's like, it's becoming more and more obvious that there's some connection between the on Island events and what's happening to this, this timeline, this reality, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, almost. Okay. If I had to have a theory off the top of my head, here's what it would be is that these people are going to experience these circumstances that are so similar to what was experienced on the Island. And they're going to be so similar that they're going to produce the same sort of results, the same sort of effects on these people as if they had actually gone to the Island in the first place. Yeah. And then they're going to eventually go back to that Island for some reason, which I don't fully understand why or how they would even find out about the Island in the first place, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. That's my thinking right now is that they've got to have these same experiences to recreate the events of the original crash um, so they can go back for some reason. No, I, I, I definitely, that's my, my thoughts right now as well. And, you know, like the fact that this stuff has happened and basically the future and the past or whatever, it, it, it's set up all this stuff in their life. I mean, obviously what we've seen happen with Claire forever ago is happening at really be simultaneously with that, with the reality, you know, if I'm, I'm trying to explain it, but like <laughs> Claire, Claire being with Ethan would be with Ethan right now in season one, same timeline. You mean if the two timelines were happening like at the same time, like, the, yeah, it'd be the okay. same timeline pretty much. And that's, that's true. I guess if, if in fact this is a brand new timeline that coexists with the old timeline, then yes, the Claire, that was going to see this couple that was going to adopt her baby um, off the island is at the same time on the island, you know, maybe having her baby with with Kate. You know, yeah. Kate's helping her deliver the baby. I mean, well, maybe not because it's like the day they land, you know, because it's like they get out of the airport, they get into the taxi, and it's almost like that same day as she goes back to pick up Claire and takes her to the house to see the couple that was going to adopt the baby. So, but it, it's, so it's, it's a lot all, faster. Yeah, it's a lot faster. But I, I was going to say that I think that being on the island slowed things down just like the progression of age and things like that. Like everything's oh, – yeah. but, but yeah, all those were day events. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like all that really happened in a day outside of that island. Mm-hmm. But – on that island, it lasted over whatever, how many weeks or whatever. Yeah, which we've had, uh, we've had proof of that in the past with Dan, exactly. Daniel's experiments and all that kind of stuff on the island. So, so that's we know that totally can plausible. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see. I would love to take and look at like the footage of, like I said, season one and season six, and see how like literally probably like that whole season was the day that they mm. land or your the day couple days that they after they landed because i i you look at boone and you look at boone and Locke's interaction right you look at um i mean you can i can go down the list i mean but it's it's as if it were happening if you could take the the reality now and whatever after they landed and see the back backstory and the, the backdrop of what's going on, the wheels that are pushing these issues and stuff like that mm-hmm. is exactly what happened, you know, in season one. Right. You know, 
So it's real. I I mean, I really believe that it's like um, a direct response to what's happening. Um, And I I think you're I think you're right on. I think that's exactly where this thing's heading. Yeah. And it would be exciting. I mean, the idea of these people who know nothing about the island, it seems like these people who landed safely in Los Angeles, the idea of those people coming to the island um, is really exciting to me especially if they can if they do something where like those people come to the island and it's like the show becomes a loop episode one of season one is those same people crashing on that island yeah it's almost like we were seeing the ending before it even happened right Um, and now we're kind of going backwards and getting back to that point Again, yep. it's one of those theories that could probably fall apart if we started discussing it, but right now it sounds really cool. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Right. But we'll move along for now. Um, so the Temple guys are with Kate and Miles. One of them made the comment that Danielle has been dead for several years. Uh, was there something weird about that? Like, did we uh, know what had happened to Danielle in 2007? I don't remember exactly where we left off with her in 2007. Mm, didn't she get shot or something? Oh yeah, that's right. She got yeah. shot with Alex. Yeah, that's right. Like in the 2004 timeline, right? So she, yeah, so she had been dead for several years. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I couldn't remember where we left off with her, so that seemed weird to me. So, but anyway, yeah. So they talk about Saeed being infected. They make the comment several times that there's no literal translation for what he is. But they say once that the closest they can think of is infected. And another time they say that he's been chosen or claimed or or whatever. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they, they make a big deal about not having a word to translate that describes what Saeed is. Yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm with you on that. I don't I don't got much to say about it, but I'm yeah. I'm with you on it. <laughs> so Dogan makes the comment that many people have been hurt or killed because of helping Jack and this medicine that he's trying to get, you know, him to get Saeed to take, uh, which we later find out was poison, was his way of redeeming himself. Um, he also says that he uses a translator because it helps keep some separation between himself and the people he's leading. Um yeah. so basically it gives him a, an easy way to uh, creates some separation between he and his people uh, because of these difficult decisions that he has to make as a leader. Um, so we find out, of course, it was poison in the pill. And up to this point, they've been really clear that they need to protect Jack, Kate, all of them. They've been clear that they need to protect this group of people for some reason. And what I don't understand is why now they're going to great lengths to try and kill Saeed. Not only to kill Saeed, but to get Jack to do it for them for yeah. some reason. He even made the point that they need to get him to do it willingly. So it's like just killing him isn't good enough. They have to get him to basically kill himself or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not following, <laughs> I'm not following that. My, my, uh, once again, I mean, it has. It makes you think of what what... what uh, ben had to do because of Locke. Well, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, possessed Locke. Like they can't have any direct response ability to killing someone, right? You know, uh, uh, for whatever reason, it seems like that's kind of the part, the the par for the island, right? Yeah, and it goes back to Ben and Widmore having that discussion a couple of seasons ago about how 
uh, Widmore says something about, you know, Ben killing him. And he oh, says, yeah, you, yeah. we both know I can't do that, Charles. Y- yeah. Once they have these rules or these guidelines or restrictions that keep them from being able to kill each other. For some reason, that's still a mystery to me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But Dogen says he knows that Saeed is no longer himself and has the sickness because he saw the same thing happen to Jack's sister, Claire. So we do get an answer here, a big answer. What happened to Claire was that she got the sickness. That's why she abandoned Aaron. That's why she was sitting in the cabin acting like a freak. Yeah. Um, I mean, she had the sickness. And it also explains why Claire was sitting in the cabin with Christian. Um, I think it gives us a pretty good clue that Christian was either himself and he's affiliated with, with the man in black or he was under control of the man in black. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And we kind of talked about this last, uh, last time too. I mean, that's my thoughts. And it was initially anyways, that she was, well, at first I had, a, you know, weird theories. So yeah, but as it, as it kind of grew, I figured that the, the man in black was, you know, definitely trapped inside that cabin at that point mm-hmm. and, and was able to con- take control or, or whatever of, uh, right. of, Claire and whoever came in there, which right. Hurley almost went in there mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another interesting point in the pop-up video episode. It said that, um, when Lana and her people came to the cabin to see if Jacob was there, they broke that line in the ash, which allowed the smoke monster to take control of the cabin. Um, yeah, but I, I, I don't recall if that where that took place in the timeline of Claire and, uh, when she left Aaron, but nonetheless, it was kind of clarification given uh, that helps to solve some of these mysteries. So uh, I'm just trying to think here. If they broke that line, you know, would that allow Smokey a way out? Uh, I guess it could. I think it's more of a way in because it was supposed to be Jacob's cabin, and presumably they were trying to keep the smoke monster out of the cabin. Yeah, but- but, I don't but, know. but Alana said that, that Jacob wasn't there. Right. That he hadn't been there for some time. Yeah. Yeah. So if that That's were the true. case, uh, maybe, it was, the... maybe it wasn't Lana and her people that broke the line. Maybe it was sometime before whenever they were all messing around the cabin and <laughs> forgot, yeah. forgot to close the line of, of ash back up after they went through. But, but yeah, basically they said somebody broke that line of ash and that allowed the smoke monster to take over the cabin. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that, I, I, I wonder if uh, if it weren't Hurley. <clears throat> that could totally be, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll actually, don't let me forget to come back to the Hurley comment. I've got one more note left here, and that was just that Jen is nearly killed by the Temple Guards when Claire, on the island in 2007, comes out and shoots one of the Temple guys. Or both of them, actually. Yeah, I'm... I was trying to think about what I, you know, what that meant, um, because obviously it just got done being told that she was not normal anymore, that she was, you know, she was had the sickness and yeah, uh, exactly. Why? Why so, is Claire with the sickness coming to protect Jen? Yeah. See, once again, so that makes me think the sickness is a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's like these people these people are, are freed and, and 
you know, away from this bondage of whatever the island is when they yeah. be, when they get the sickness. But I don't have anything to go off of. But I'm just sitting there thinking, how in the world does is Claire that's supposedly, you know, overtaken helping Jen to begin with, and she mm-hmm. she recognizes Jen too. I mean, I, you know, she could tell that she knew who he was. Yeah. And I'm confused about that as well. Um, I'm hoping it would be very interesting to find out that the sickness is a big part of the the story, a big part of what the 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 secret, what the answer is to this show, and that we've been kind of um, misunderstanding what exactly the sickness is all this time. That would be a nice fresh take on what's going on. Yeah, for sure. But uh, before we go here, we got a voicemail from Mama Pax who wanted to rip us an, a new one after some of our comments on the last show. So oh, no. Okay. Let's, let's take a listen <laughs> to that. Hi, Anton and Evan. This is Mama Pax from Up With Darby. I just finished listening to your um, initial reaction episode about LAX. And I disagreed with about a million things that you said. Uh, and since we don't have time for that, I'm just going to talk two. The first one is um, how you talked about how you were, like, thinking – like, is Shannon not there because they couldn't get the actress? Or people will say, you know, you know, Chris Lee's there, he's not going to be there, she's on Z. Like, I, I, don't think you, I don't think that's fair. Like, if you're going to take the roller coaster ride, in the middle of it, you can't say, well, gee, I wonder if the electrical thing is, the structure's down. you got to, you know, just have faith, which I think is interesting because the two books that they showed were all about faith. You know, they once said in an interview that they were not J.K. Rowling. They were trying to tell a story and that, you know, they just they just didn't have the control over their characters. In, in Law's terms, it's kind of like if you think of J.K. Rowling, her characters are constant. She can manipulate them the way they want, whereas these guys are trying to tell a story with variables. You know, somebody says, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of living in Hawaii. Um, and they have to keep this story going with all those variables. And I think we should be amazed with how they're doing it, with how creative and talented they are. And, like, I think it's fair to wonder about Jack and Sawyer and Juliet, but to ponder on Matthew Fox and Elizabeth Mitchell um, or Josh Holloway, I just, I don't think that's fair. So, uh, you know, that's what they call a leap of faith. So I think you kind of have to put that beside and not, not think of those things. The other thing I have to say to you is you know that I am such a huge Juliet fan. And I have to say that I wanted to run up and hug Carlton and Damon for giving me that moment with Sawyer and Juliet. Here was Juliet, who was able to die, you know, gently in the arms of someone who loved her, rather than down in that freaking pit, alone, cold, and scared. That was such a gift for me. Like, to me, it was just such a tender moment. I guess it's a girl thing. I don't know. But I just was like, thank you so much for my Juliet that you let her have that. And and I do think it also gave us a little inkling because, you know, talk about going out for a cup of coffee and we can go Dutch. And, and I'm just hoping that she says that line to Sawyer again. That's my hopes. Thanks, guys. You know I love the podcast. It's great. Um, I just think you're a little frazzled by the beginning here, but we're all going to get through this one way or the other. You can always use my phone calls, as you know. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Mama Pax. I think it's been a long time since Mama Pax called in. Actually, it's yeah, been we miss some Mama. Yeah, 
And yeah. I, I appreciate your comments so so much. I would so I would have I. actually loved to have heard some more of the things you disagree with us about. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely said at the beginning of the episode before, my initial thoughts um, the night after the premiere were much, much more negative than what you heard in our episode. Um, so I did come around a lot in my thinking just in a day. <clears throat> and since then, I've, I've come around even more. And I'm I totally get her comments about us being too critical, or I think it was mostly me being real critical about. <laughs> I'll let you take that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I've just, it, I was mostly meaning it was too bad. I was wishing, I cannot remember the name of the woman who plays Shannon for the life of me, but I wish there was some way they could have these people on contract so they could execute this show like a book. Right. Uh, so they could actually make sure and secure the fact that they would be able to produce the show as they plan regardless of the decisions of the, of the actors. And I understand that's probably not very realistic, but to me, I don't read a lot of books. Television in many ways and movies are my books. And I, I want mm -hmm. them to be executed with the same level of mastery that, that a lot of books are. And yeah. Lost has been the closest I've, I've come up against, you know, in the terms of a TV show. And it's just too bad that there are those real life elements that kind of, um, intervene and keep that story from becoming the perfection that a lot of us want it to be. Now, now that last statement you made is just not true, Evan. You you used to love the Saved by the Bell books, and that was very realistic. <laughs> I didn't even book. know Saved by the Bell had a book. What I don't know if they do or not. I just had to throw it out there. I don't know. You're just but, trying to bash, uh, bash me. Mario Lopez, uh, yeah, <laughs> shout out there. Yeah, um, I mean, I get her points, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, I, I, I totally get her, uh, get the points that, that she made there as well. Um, uh, but I was going to tell you that that was more you than me because yeah. Yeah. the only reason I said that is because I didn't actually even know the, the details about the contracts and stuff like that. But um, And I would have probably just wrote it off as a, as a, well, that's what happened in the story yeah. type thing. But knowing and, and digging into the story like we have, it is one of those things where you kind of look at it and you do want to see kind of the book Mm -hmm. the book version of it you want to you know you start with something you end with something and, right. and i get exactly what you're saying on that and and i i think i think what she said is totally fair but i think from your perspective it, yeah. it has a, a valid point as well yeah and here's here's what it boils down to i imagine i imagine being a writer on this show and thinking oh man if we could just get shannon and I'm going to forget the characters now. If we could get Shannon on this plane, if we could get Ana Lucia, if we could get everybody on that plane who was on there originally, Mario Lopez. man, that, yeah, that would just take this story to a whole nother level. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I, I know you almost sense that frustration, like, well, we can't, so let's deal with it. And do it's kind of like, do. yeah, you can't really get their best if they don't have the best circumstances to work with. And it's, it just makes you hurt for them. I mean, maybe yeah. they maybe they weren't planning on using those people, um, but you just get the sense that if they had their druthers and they could do it the way they wanted, they would want to have all those people there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost a – I mean, we may not ever actually know the, the true answer to answer that question, but it, I would almost have to say it was a given that they would love to have them all in there because there was an emptiness without those other characters on right. there. Right, so yeah. You know? So and what I would like to know is if they were planning on making all the subtle differences before they found out those people couldn't be in the show anymore. Right, like right. for example, were they planning on not having Shannon 
go on the flight and deciding to stay in, in Australia before they couldn't get her on the plane? Or did they make that decision because they couldn't get her on the plane? Right. Um, so I just want to know, did the story have to change? Not necessarily did it have to suffer, but if it affects the story um, in any meaningful way because they can't get the actor there, it's sad to me. Yeah, because you know there's a sacrifice being given there, and we're not getting the same story we would have gotten otherwise. Yeah, but that was my point with that. As far as the Juliet death scene, um, I think did you have an issue with that as well? I can't recall. But yeah, my my issue was, I mean, obviously, I like we talked about. I mean, we were devastated at the end of season five. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where you're just crushed and 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 I, I was honestly hoping. And I got my, I guess what happened was I, I got my hopes up again whenever I, you know, you hear that, that she's going to be okay. Uh-huh. And like, you know, there's a redemption side to it. And I was really like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. You know, she's yeah. going to be, but to have her die again, it seemed yeah. like it was just an, a, a, like a, a bad, you know, take at trying to get the whole emotion thing going again. Right. But now knowing kind of seeing a little more of the direction of the show and what she did say and you know about going Dutch and we we were wondering what she had said last time, but that's what it was. Oh, I heard her okay. say Dutch. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> like she you calls know, like Dutch. Dutch. Is that some kind oh, of nickname? Yeah. I mean he's <laughs> definitely not Dutch. Yeah. I don't know why I know that, but he's not. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things uh-huh. where, you know, we'll you know, we'll have coffee, we'll, you know, or we have coffee, we'll go Dutch. Yeah. That to me is actually now I now I feel better about it. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Now she can't. She was alive and she was able to give you know, him a. He'll know eventually and probably come to terms with that, or maybe not. But he will at some point in his life meet her and they'll be having coffee. They'll have coffee and they'll go and Dutch. It, yeah, exactly. So it'll I'm be like, this oh, thing so and we'll it all feels cry good and, to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, that part is good. I think my whole stance on the Juliet death scene was that, to me, they couldn't have improved on the death scene in the finale. Oh, heck no. Uh, because they both, both she and Sawyer, it became obviously clear how much love there was for each other. Yeah. And and to me, it's like they tacked on an extra chorus to the right. song. Uh, yeah. Because people were digging it so much that they wanted to give it one <laughs> more time. And exactly. It's, and it's just that's heavy handed. And I think it's almost abusive to the character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do agree that it was nice that she got to die a soft death in the arms of her man, but I thought there was nothing wrong with the way they left the finale. Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, say it ends up the way we think it's going to end up now with her meeting Sawyer in, in a, in a coffee shop. How awesome would it be? You leave it on that huge dramatic ending of their mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. And then you see them meet again. You know, you don't need to know that they're going to meet again. You don't need to have that soft. You get to get smacked in the face with, Oh my gosh, they're going to be together. Yeah. Yeah. Just having the scene out of nowhere of them meeting. Yeah. After never, never having met before going to coffee together would have been awesome. Now yeah, I, we've already had a hint that that's going to happen and it's not going to be as powerful now, or maybe, right. not, maybe it will be, I don't know, but that's my general feeling about it. Right. Right. Me too. But mama Pax, thanks so much. I would actually love to hear more of, of what you disagree with us about. Feel free to call in and let us know more about that. Anything else from you, Anton, before we head out here? 
Uh, no, and just some of the emails are starting to come in, which is good. Uh, you know, we got, you know, mama called us and I, I mean, I just want people to continue to call and write and because obviously we're all going through this thing together. We're making some probably huge and awful mistakes, you know, on our, our theories and thoughts. And, um, that's fine. I mean, I want to, I want to know what people think out there. And that's what makes this show great is that, is that we're just trying to get through it like you guys. And sometimes you guys have such great thoughts that it like propels us and our thinking and makes it so much better. Yeah. And I will say on, in our defense, we had, um, a tweet from one of our followers. You can follow us on Twitter at LM podcast. That's LM as in lost mystery podcast uh, from let's see if I can say no fuss accounting I think is her her screen name and she says um, I was not a big fan of the premiere until I watched your podcast and then watched the premiere a second time thanks guys I asked her for some more information about that to see exactly how we changed her opinion and she says because I honestly didn't catch a lot of the stuff you guys did with the course correcting events in the alternate world very eye-opening so I appreciated that a great deal. Yeah, I mean, that's I, good. I do feel like, um, to a large extent, um, I feel like the show is winding down. Mm-hmm. And, and I, like I said in my initial reaction, I'm coming to terms gradually that no matter what they do, it's going to be impossible for them to live up to my expectations. Oh, sure. So sure. I, I need to come to deal with that and take the show for what it is and not for what I hope it, hoped it would be. And I'm right. definitely getting to that point. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to let go of, I mean, especially when you've got these people out here who have had ideas <clears throat> of where the show is going that so far are light years beyond <laughs> where the show is actually go- going. Right. It's right. frustrating to know that there are people out there that are coming up with these great ideas that would work so awesomely in this show, um, but they're going a different direction. Yeah, but it's you know to to the people that wrote it, uh, you know, to their defense, it's one of those things. It's like it's always easier to improve on an idea than it is to come up with the exactly. idea to begin with. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, and I think I think what's been what's been difficult is we've spent so much time ourselves discussing what oh, we man. think is going to happen, and it's not like we've come up with any ideas that are just totally blowing what they've got out of the water. But the whole point of this show has been the speculation on what's happening and what's going to happen in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we're going to actually get that answer is a bittersweet thing. Yeah. We'll know for sure what they intended for us to, to learn through the course of the show. Right. But that guessing and that, um, that quest for that understanding stops. And that's what I think people truly love about this show. Yeah. Hey, it's a tree of life, son. You want the knowledge? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's really yeah, not that good when you find out you're on the wrong side you know what i'm saying that's true exactly so. yeah do you want to know or don't you and right it's, it's so attempting to want to know until you do <laughs> exactly great point that's a great place to end this next tuesday probably we'll be discussing the next episode i have no clue what it's called but we'll be here and discuss it like always thanks so much everybody for listening and we'll talk to you later Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are recorded every Wednesday. If you haven't already, please come to our website and become part of the community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Feel free to send your comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com or you can call our listener line at 765-439-4190. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at LM Podcast.